Well, today we're going to begin a new sermon series. Our, our new series is called Desert Wisdom. Many hundreds of years ago, back in the early days of the church, there were a group of people in, in northern Africa, a group of people in Egypt, who, who discovered that the busyness and the material possessions of this world were getting between them and God. And so in order to seek God more fully, in order to hear God more clearly, these people left the world behind. They left their possessions, all of, its, all of the busyness of the world. They left all of those things behind and they went out into the desert and lived lives of solitude and quiet and simplicity and humility. And these people who came to be known as the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers wrote down, wrote down the wisdom that they learned there in the desert as they wrestled with their demons and, and sought God in quiet prayer. And one of the things that I've been thinking these last few weeks is that maybe in this moment we, we could learn from their wisdom. You know, these were people who were, were distancing self, themselves from the world and from each other and were, were slowing down and spending lots of time in quiet solitude long before it was the thing to do. And these people have discovered how to connect with God in quiet, slow ways that you and I need to learn from right now if we're going to continue to stay spiritually healthy and connected with God. It may even be that these people who invented an entirely new way of being the church together can show us how to be the church in a new way. And so this, uh, this season, these next few weeks, we're going to be learning and hearing stories of the desert mothers and the desert fathers. We're going to be learning some of the lessons that they learned out there in the wilderness and seeing, seeing how we can apply those to the moment that we're living in now. I invite you to open your heart and listen for God's voice as, as Daniel Crowder shares with us this morning's gospel reading. Hi, my name is Daniel Crowder, and I'm going to be doing the scripture reading today. We're going to be reading... Um, Matthew nineteen sixteen through 22. Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young men said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. The word of God for the people of God. So back in the early days of the church, in the land of Egypt, there lived a young man by the name of Anthony. And life had been good to Anthony. Anthony had all of the things that a young man is supposed to want. Anthony had inherited a fortune from his parents. He had a big, beautiful house. He had a fancy chariot. He had more money than he was ever going to be able to spend. And Anthony lived in the big city of Alexandria, and there in the big city there were plenty of distractions and temptations for a young man with money in his pocket to get into, and, and Anthony got into all of them. He lived it up there in the big city of Alexandria. And when people looked at Anthony, they envied him. They said, there's a young man who has it all. What people didn't know when they looked at Anthony was that deep down inside, Anthony was deeply unhappy. 
Anthony, no matter how much money he spent, no matter how many toys he bought, no matter how many temptations and distractions he got into, Anthony couldn't escape this feeling that his life was missing something. He had a a sense of a deep and aching hunger and emptiness inside of his soul. And no matter what he did, he just couldn't scratch that itch. No matter what he did, he couldn't fill that empty place within him. And so Anthony decided, at the age of 20, he decided to go on a spiritual quest. Anthony started looking everywhere he could think of for the meaning of life, for a focus and a sense of purpose to his life. He started going from place of worship to place of worship. He started visiting temples and taking priests and religious leaders out for coffee and asking them, explain to me, what is this all about? Why are we here? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Why, why am I so unhappy? And eventually, one day, somehow, Anthony found himself in a, a church One Sunday morning, Anthony somehow wandered into a place of Christian worship and sat down in a pew. And as he was sitting there in the pew, a a pastor got up and stepped forward, and this pastor started preaching a sermon. And as the pastor was preaching, he told a story about Jesus. It was the same story that Danielle told us just a, a moment ago. And the story that the pastor told, it went like this. He said, one day there was a, a rich young man who came to see Jesus. And this was a rich young man who seemed to have it all. He had a, a big, beautiful house. He had a fancy chariot. He had more money than he was ever going to be able to spend, but he just couldn't shake the feeling that his life was missing something. He felt like his life was was missing focus. He felt like his life was missing purpose. He felt like his life was missing something, and he didn't know what it was. And, And then he heard about this man. He heard about this man, this teacher named Jesus, who seemed to know things about God that nobody else knew. This man who talked about God in a way that nobody else talked about God. And this rich young man wondered if maybe this Jesus person could explain to him why he had this deep and aching, hungry place inside of his soul. And so the rich young man went off to see Jesus. And as the pastor is telling this story, I imagine Anthony sitting in that pew, leaning farther and farther forward. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. It was as if this this pastor was speaking directly to him. It was as if his, his heart was an open book and this pastor had read every page. Anthony couldn't wait to find out what, what would happen next. And so the pastor continued his story. He said, when the the young man finally located Jesus, he came to a place where Jesus was teaching a great big crowd of people. And the young man pushed his way to the front of the crowd, and then he interrupted Jesus. He started shouting at Jesus and interrupted the sermon because rich young men are used to getting away with that sort of thing. The young man shouted out, Teacher, teacher, I have a question I'd like to ask you. I want to know what good deed do I have to do in order to inherit eternal life. Now here's the thing that you need to understand. Most people today, when they hear that young man ask that question, what good deed, what thing do I need to do in order to inherit eternal life? Most of us assume that this young man is talking about heaven. Most of us assume that this young man is talking about the afterlife. Most people today, when they hear this young man's question, assume that the young man is asking Jesus, what do I need to do to make sure that I go to heaven after I die? But that's not what the young man is asking at all. What the young man is is asking Jesus is, how do I fill this empty place in my soul? 
How do I feel like I'm truly alive? How can I find the kind of life that really feels like life, not after I die, but in the here and now? Teacher, tell me, what do I have to do to connect with eternity in this world? That's the question that the young man was asking Jesus. Anthony understood the question, and so did Jesus. But Jesus was irritated by the young man and his arrogance and his interruption, and so Instead of turning and giving the young man his full attention, Jesus just sort of waved his hand and he said, God told us a long time ago the difference between good and evil. Follow the commandments that God has given us and you will find eternal life. The young man was frustrated too. He hadn't come all this way just to be dismissed and turned away empty-handed. And so he persisted. He said, yes, Jesus, I know that God gave us commandments. I know that God gave us hundreds and hundreds of commandments, but surely not all of those commandments were created equal. Some of those commandments must be more important than other commandments. Tell me, teacher, tell me, Jesus, which of those commandments are the big ones? Which of those commandments lead to eternal life? And now Jesus is truly grumpy, and so he half turns to the young man and he says, Listen, you also know which commandments are the big ones. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, honor your mother and father. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know the big commandments from the little ones. Go and obey these commandments and you will find eternal life. And now the young man, he's not just frustrated. Now the rich young man is angry and he takes a step towards Jesus and he says, listen, teacher, I have obeyed all of those commandments. I have done every one of those things and still I don't feel like my life is complete. Still I feel this emptiness, this hunger in my soul teacher, tell me after all of those things, what more can I do to find eternal life? What do I have to do to feel like I am truly alive? At this point, Anthony is leaning so far forward in his pew that he's just about to fall down on his knees. He wants to hear what's going to happen next. He is straining his ears because he doesn't want to lose a single word of the next part of the story. And I imagine that the pastor at this point drops his voice almost down to a whisper as he tells the congregation, as he tells Anthony, what happens next. So Jesus turned to the young man and he looked at the rich young man. He looked all the way into the rich young man's heart. And then he said this to the young man. He said, if you have done all of those other things, If you have obeyed all of those other commandments, then there is only one thing that you are lacking. There is only one more thing for you to do. Go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor. And then you will find the treasure that you have been seeking. Now those words nearly knocked Anthony right out of his pew. Those words threw that young man, Anthony, for such a loop that that he didn't hear the rest of the sermon. In all of his spiritual questing, in all of his visits to temples and his coffee chats with priests, he had never heard anything like this teaching of Jesus. Everywhere he had gone, every temple that he walked into, when people found out how wealthy he was, they rolled out the red carpet and fawned over him and gave him special treatment. When he sat down with with priests and drank coffee and talked about the meaning of life and asked them, what do I need to do in order to heal my soul? What do I need to do in order to be saved? Those priests 
priests always said something like, well, make a donation to the temple and join our board of trustees. Over and over again, people told him that his wealth, his fortune was the key to finding eternal life and happiness. Nobody had ever suggested to this rich young man that it might actually be his fortune, his possessions, his wealth that was keeping him from finding happiness. Nobody had ever suggested to him that it might be it might be the fortune and possessions and wealth that were coming between him and God. This rich young man couldn't believe what he had heard, but the more he thought about it, the more it made sense. He got back into his fancy chariot and he drove home. And by the time he got home, after turning it over in his mind over and over again, this young man, Anthony, had made a decision. He decided he was going to do it. He decided he was going to sell his big, beautiful house. He was going to sell his fancy chariot. He was going to sell all of his possessions and give, give the money to the poor. And then he followed through. That's exactly what Anthony did. He did what very few followers of Jesus have ever had the courage to do. He took those words seriously and he took them literally. He sold all of his possessions and gave the money to the poor. And Anthony didn't stop there. Now, Anthony realized that if he stayed in the city with all of its temptations and distractions, it wouldn't be long before he fell back into his own life and his old friends, his schedule with all of its meetings and social engagements. And Anthony sensed that what he needed to do in order to find what he was looking for was, was to simplify his life, was to declutter his life, was to get rid of everything, everything that might be coming between him and God. So Anthony didn't just sell all of his possessions. Anthony moved away from the city completely. There in Egypt, he moved out into the desert outside of the city. And he started a whole new life. He devoted himself to fasting and prayer. He gave up every kind of comfort. He spent hours each day wrestling with his temptations and his demons. And when he had wrestled long enough, when he had learned to pray well enough, suddenly Anthony found there in the desert, he found what he had been looking for. He found the joy and peace and contentment that he had never been able to find in all of his possessions and things that he had never been able to find there in the city. Out there in the desert, out in the wilderness, Anthony started a, a completely new life. And then the strangest thing happened. Somehow, word started to get out about this man, this young man who had walked away from a fortune, this young man who had walked away from the city, this young man who had walked away from his life and everything and had, had made a place for himself out in the desert. People started to hear about this man who seemed to know something that nobody else knew, this man who seemed to have discovered the secret to, to eternal life, this man who had seemed to discover the secret to happiness here on earth. And so people started coming out of the city, going out into the desert to visit with Anthony. And they would come to where he had lived and, and they would say to him, Teacher, tell me, what, what am I missing? Why do I feel this hunger, this deep, aching, empty place in my soul? What do I need to do to find the peace and contentment that you clearly have? And at first it was just a, a trickle of people coming out to see Anthony. But, but eventually that trickle became a flood. 
It turned out that the city was filled with people who, who had a hunger in their soul. The city was filled with people who understood that the life that we are living is not the life that God intended us to live. There, there were people in the city who understood that somehow all of this busyness and all of these distractions and things are coming between us and the people that God created us to be. More and more people came out into the wilderness to see Anthony and to learn from Anthony. And many of those people walked away disappointed like the rich young man in the story about Jesus. But some of those people, when they saw Anthony and when they saw the peacefulness in him, when they saw the contentment in him, when they saw the joyfulness in them, some of those people received the courage that they needed to do what he did, to sell their possessions, to leave their jobs, to leave their busy lives behind and to go out into the desert. Now, more and more people followed Anthony out into the desert. And by the time Anthony died, many decades later, there were tens of thousands of people living out in the desert, devoting themselves to simpleness and humility, devoting themselves to fasting and prayer, spending day after day wrestling with demons and temptations until they encountered God as they wanted to encounter God, until they encountered eternal life in this world. These people, these followers of Anthony, they formed a sort of city outside the city. They proved to the world that the way in which we live does not have to be the way in which we live. The way we've always done things doesn't need to be the way we keep doing things. It is possible to walk away from it all and to find God in the process. Now those people, those people who left the world behind, who left their possessions and the city behind and went out into the desert, eventually they came to be called the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers. And people wrote down stories about them and people collected their teachings. And I've been thinking a lot these last few weeks about the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers. I've been thinking that maybe this this is exactly the moment when we, when you and I, need the wisdom that they have to offer us. When we need to learn the lessons that they learned as they left everything behind and went out into the wilderness. Maybe Methodists especially need the wisdom of the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers right now. These last few weeks have been hard for Methodists. I know that they've been hard for me. I'm not built for what we're doing right now. I feel most connected with God. I feel most alive when I am with other people. I feel most connected with God and I feel more alive when, when, when Alan Weimer fires up the organ and the congregation starts singing on Sunday morning. I feel most close to God and I feel most deeply alive when I'm scooping spaghetti at the South Flint Soup Kitchen. And these last few weeks have been hard for me and for Methodists like me because right now we can't do the things that make us feel most truly alive. We can't do the things that make us feel most deeply connected with God. And so now we find Now we need to find new ways of feeling alive. We need to find new ways of connecting with God. We need to find a new way of being the church. And the desert fathers and the desert mothers can teach us right now that even though we can't do the things we're used to doing, even though we can't be the busy, noisy Methodists we're used to being, that doesn't mean that we don't have a gift to offer to the world. One of the gifts that we have to offer to the world right now, one of the things that we can learn from the desert fathers and the desert mothers is that we can provide the world with a new way of living. 
We can, through our example, we can, through the way in which we walk through this moment, show the world a better way, a better way of dealing with adversity, a better way of dealing with difficulty and sadness and sorrow and grief, a a better way of walking through this moment. We can show the world that, that it's possible to live in an entirely new and different and radical sort of way. Now, what do we have to teach the world right now? What wisdom did Jesus, what wisdom does our faith give us in this moment? We can teach the world that solitude is not the same as loneliness. And we can teach the world that that possessions and material things and busyness are not the same as quality of life. In fact, they might even get between us and eternal life, life as God intended us to live it. And right now, we can, we can teach the world that it is possible to have eternal life even in a moment of crisis. We can teach the world that it is possible to have eternal life even in a moment of pandemic. Right now, you and I can show the world that, that simplicity and humility and quiet devotion to God have more power than angry shouting. Right now, you and I can show the world a better way And we can invite the world to join us. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the courage to seek you with our whole heart, even as that young man Anthony sought you with his whole heart. God, we pray that you would help us to understand that just because we cannot travel, that doesn't mean that we can't go on a quest. God, send us on a quest. Send us on a a spiritual journey. Teach us new ways of connecting with you in quiet moments. Teach us new ways of being the church, of serving our community, of creating a new world filled with hope and filled with peace. God, we pray that you would give us the courage, the courage to see that the way in which we have lived doesn't need to be the way in which we live. These things we pray in Jesus. Amen.